0: Over the last week, guys, we, you know, obviously with the coronavirus, it's affected the way that we as Americans are operating right now. And I've thought a lot about it, what it means for me, our family, the real estate community in general, the the global economy, all of those different things are are going through all of our heads. And some of what is going on is unprecedented. Most of it is out of our control. But one thing is obviously within our control is how we react to things, how we deal with the situation in front of us. No matter what's going on around us, we do have the freedom to choose how we're, how we're going to react, how how we're going to deal with the problem, um, however long it may last. Never, ne- uh, you know, never is a very good time to panic or hit the panic button. We're gonna we're gonna get through it. Things might be different, which is okay. Um, you know, we've been uh, frankly on the investment side, considering that a, that a uh, corrections um, are are a good thing most of the time. Um, I do believe that the current recommendations are going to help slow the spread of the virus and uh, since it is a virus it's it's expected to go away right this isn't this isn't going to be something but we do have to follow the advice of our healthcare professionals i'm never going to sit in here and act like i am an expert in the in the medical field i just uh, take the advice of the experts so let's talk about some of the obvious things going on right now the markets are obviously a mess Um, Stock markets are a mess and that is going to affect real estate exactly how it's going to and for how long nobody can really know that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I believe it'll probably be short term. It doesn't make any sense fundamentally to me that, you know, Costco and Kroger are having some record profits and their stocks are dropping. It, It just doesn't make sense. So I do believe things will rebound, but maybe they do, maybe they don't. The scare is real and we can't ignore it, right? And uh, in the short-term rental space, people are going to, you know, there some people are experiencing cancellations. I do think that a lot of, in the short-term, a lot of people are just sitting on the sidelines seeing how things are going to shake out. And as is usually the case, real estate is very affected regionally. Like I said, short-term rentals and in, in, in the urban markets are the ones that are seeming to have the most cancellations because they rely on large events. They rely on conferences and large events and business travelers and all those different things. You know, cruise lines, those, those you know, the Disney, all those big things that are happening. So those, those big urban areas that house those people are seeing cancellations in the short-term rental market and less bookings. And it's going to be, you know, a month or two hiccup for them. And um, on the flip side, properties in more remote locations are not seeing the same level of cancellations. They're continuing to get bookings. I have a couple of properties near national parks and we were getting bookings, brand new bookings yesterday and we're booked through May in a couple of those and I haven't seen any cancellations, knock on wood. We have clients who are, uh, their remote locations are doing better, which is usually the case when it comes to real estate, right? That's not, that's not uncommon. Even during the big housing crash of 2008, it was very regional as far as the the main areas that got hit. It affected everybody, which this is affecting everybody, this pandemic. Um, Many people though, who got into the short term rental game without a clear plan. I've been talking about this for months saying, There's going to be a mini recession in this game because there are a lot of people that got in over their heads. They should not have bought these types of properties in the first place. They can't withstand a three to six month downturn. And um, if any of you guys have been around me long enough and and on our conversations on the phone, a lot of people, I try to tell them the expectation is you're not gonna, if you buy a brand new property, you've got to have the, the wherewithal to be able to get through the first six to eight months without making any money. So most of our clients and most of our group are they don't fall into that group and we're able to take advantage because we actually can get through some some hiccups and but not everybody can and some of those people that shouldn't have bought that uh, they they bought in when they maybe shouldn't have are going to be facing some tough times and and um whether if it if it lasts more than a couple months then maybe they're looking for a place to sell you know they shouldn't they shouldn't have been in the first place so some of these markets with really high inventory of rental arbitrage people and people that are co-hosting, you're going to see those markets, those homes come off the market. And so um, when you step back and look at the fundamental economic landscape right now, everything still looks pretty healthy. You have to, um, there's very low housing inventory across the U.S. I mean, that's the inventory is not going up. When we had our last big downturn, inventory levels were out of control. Speculation was out of control and there was way a ton of overleveraging. That's not the case right now in real estate. There's 50-year historic low interest rates that are driving. That keeps cash flow producing property values higher. and we can get into, into that a little bit more but, uh, um, in the Q&A. But they're really, really low interest rates. There's still a huge demand for both long-term and short-term rentals. In, but you have to be in very specific markets and kind of look at what's being presented to us right now. Because of this, I do think our opportunity, though, may be short-lived. The reason I think it's going to be short-lived is I think the rebound might happen sooner than we can really take advantage of all this. Um, but if it the the hiccup does occur a little bit longer and we do hit into a little bit of recession, which I don't I just don't see the fundamentals um, stacking up like they did in the dot com burst or the that bubble burst or the housing burst. But um, we'll talk about that in a minute, and I'm sure some of you have questions about that. I've been through both of those downturns. I was I was a real estate investor during the dot com bubble, and fundamentally. That made sense, right? There was a lot of a lot of investor money going into companies, you know, billions of dollars being put into companies that were just an idea by some kids in a you know in a boardroom, and they were able to raise all this VC money, and there was into really no company. There was not a company. There was nothing there other than idea, and that dot com bubble like really crashed the stock market. Then that last the other downturn I was a part of, and as an investor, was the housing bubble, and Again, a huge, you know, that housing bubble brought us into a recession, but that had, that had some economic fundamentals that were out of balance, right? Also, that was, that was inventory levels were out of control. They, they, we started getting way higher inventory than demand and people were extremely over leveraged. I mean, you could fog a mirror and get a loan. You could go to the bank and take out 125% home equity line. You can't do that anymore. People still have to put money down. If you're in this game, you've talked to me, you know that I tell people plan on 20 to 25% down. Sure, we want to take advantage of the, the extremely low interest rates. It helps our cash flow situation immensely, but we don't over leverage. Both of those past downturns were fueled by economic fundamentals that were out of balance, right? When something is out of balance, it's only a matter of time before the pendulum has to swing back to the middle and it will. One thing I did notice during both downturns is that most people overreact in the short term, right? That's, that's just a, that's a human tendency. There's a reason why that you can't find toilet paper and you can't find hand sanitizer and all that stuff. There's a, you know, I don't, three year supply of toilet paper is not going to get you through this, but just so, but it's just an overreaction and simply, and then after they overreact, then they just freeze and they do nothing. There's nothing, they take no action. And that's, that's what most people are going to do. That's what happens in most crises. People look for leaders and look for solutions to their problem. They don't typically go out and create a solution for themselves. That's just, that's just human nature. We're a very resilient people and we'll get through this but there are going to be a there's going to be a smaller group of people who help get people through this situation. Uh, you know uncertainty and disruption always brings new opportunity. It just always does. There's always going to be new opportunities in uncertainty and disruption. We do I, I believe we have a major opportunity in front of us right now. It may be short-lived guys. It really may be I think the opportunity in in the short-term rental space is is a huge opportunity long term, but the opportunity to take advantage of some of these, this panic might be short lived. If it's not, then we better have a plan to take take advantage of it on the long term and recession proof our own portfolios. Now, uh, what I think is the time right now is to plan and prepare for a lot of discount properties to be available. Like I told you before, there are a lot of people who came into this game in the last year or two that were just hey this that you know that riding the wave if you will and should have never bought they they had no business buying i talked to people on a weekly basis that have no business to get through this and because of that we need to be prepared to become a solution for some of those people and and hopefully we can be a solution you know you and and by becoming a solution you know they're going to be scared they're going to be motivated to sell they're going some of them are going to be faced to sell this the the reality of selling because they, they lose two or three months of bookings and they can't, they can't get through that hiccup. And when you can become a solution is really how you can profit in a situation. You have to have a long-term plan that can take advantage of that, take advantage of what's in front of us right now, whether it's short-lived or long-lived. And, but also you have to be smart about the types of properties you're purchasing and make sure that they're session-proof and that they can, they can function in many different markets, whether things are going up or whether things are going down cash flow producing properties really are the only investments you really should be considering to build wealth for the long term during any type of crisis and um because that's that's how the biggest wealth building phase happens most the biggest wealth building phase for the majority of people was during that last um the last recession those people who took advantage of that took I mean they they just they just completely changed the game for themselves when they were able to take advantage of that last crisis. This crisis may be short term, maybe short lived, it may be long lived. Whatever it is, we need to be have a plan to take advantage of it, but be smart about it. Why? Because during a crisis like I said before, adding real value and becoming a solution to people's problems is is going to get you paid. It's going to be it's going to help you build that wealth but also help other people. I don't I don't want you to think we're here to take advantage of somebody's misfortune, but misfortunes are going to happen and we need to be able to become a solution to them. When everything is good, everybody can ride the wave. You know, people that have like I said, people that have no business being in this game are in the game and they're they're making profits because things are good. This could be One of the biggest opportunities we've seen in our lifetimes, it may not. Nobody really knows, but the perfect storm is really brewing for a lot of us right now. Hopefully, you have a plan to take advantage of it. Obviously, you're spending some time here, so you're thinking about that. But not only a plan to to take advantage of the opportunity, but also a plan to protect yourself from making some of the mistakes to get in over your head. Hopefully, you're talking to people or learning from somebody that has been through that. You know, I, I really see three peop- uh, see people with really three options, right? You can sit around, watch the news, read articles, all the Facebook posts, and get scared out of your mind, right? That, that's what most people seem to be doing right now. In the short term, like I said, short term people overreact. They're scared to death. Number On the flip side of that, you can roll your eyes in the back of your head, pretend like nothing is happening. And pretend like everything's, you know, normal, but you're just gonna go about your day and and take advantage of the, you know, some of the extended vacations you've got by turning on your favorite Netflix movie and wait for things to get back to normal. Those are the two, the two sides of the pendulum that majority of people are gonna sit in. Or you can take advantage of some of the downtime, educate yourself create a plan, figure out how to move forward in the new economy, in the new landscape that we're facing right now. Th- this is going to be a new landscape. And for a number of different reasons, and I'm going to open it up and we'll, t- we'll hit, I'm, I'm sure, on a number of these reasons. But there, there's you know there's a lot, of, a lot of opportunities outside of the ones I just mentioned. You know, everybody does have the freedom to choose how they react to this. I'm going to take advantage of putting our skills, our cap- capabilities to use to create a massive ROI on what we're doing for both ourselves and for those people that are in you know maybe struggling a little bit that we can help and and help them and it helps us you know I'm here in my office all weekend preparing studying strategizing talking to you guys talking to our members inside of our group I've been on the phone and one-on-one sessions all morning long I'll be doing it all afternoon and and uh really excited you know we just one of our members made it had got it was presented yesterday with an amazing opportunity and that. I mean, it's a crazy deal in Daytona Beach, Florida on a 20 unit um, hotel complex because the the seller's motivated and it's really nothing. I mean, there's fundamentally the property's good. It makes a lot of money that you just have a motivated seller. You're spending your time learning considering if now's the time to invest in yourself, your future, you're taking a little bit of time right now to get some questions answered. So I, you know, applaud you for that. And, and, you know, like I said, I knew there would only be a handful of people on here. We've got three people on the call that tells you what most people do. Most this, this went out, this invite went out to about 60 people and three of you showed up. So congratulations. There there are three, you know, um, and so I'm going to just open it up for questions right now. Um, I'm going to, unmute everybody and see how our background is, and then um, let's see how this works. Can everybody hear me okay? Yep, hear you.
1: Hey, so I'm Michael DiCarlo in Florida. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good, hey, uh, I was, I, I was uh, jumped on the call a little bit late, uh, but the, the question uh, that I started thinking about was, one, wow, what a great opportunity maybe the next few weeks are gonna be, but also on, on the other side, on the ownership side, what kind of uh, reserve do you recommend uh, people keep for situations like this where there may be periods of time that are a couple of weeks or a couple of months that go unrented? Is there is there a certain number that you, t- you, you have uh, or you recommend that people keep in reserve per property? Yeah, I
0: tell people to plan on a six to eight month um, hiccup should you ever have to. We've never seen that yet in the short-term rental market but just conservatively i think that that's a good a good plan a good i tell people on the setup phase that's what you want which is why most of our our folks are not i don't want to say licking their chops but there's i don't have anybody inside of our group panicking they know that this is a good opportunity um but they're because we're we didn't over leverage and i do pl. you know I do think that six to eight months is a great—you uh, know—it's actually going to maybe prove out to be we don't quite need that, but if you do, it's it's nice to have those reserves.
1: Got it. Thanks. And are there? Um, I guess I'm sure you have probably thought of strategies around times like this to market the properties differently. Is that is that something that you think about, or anyone does? Yeah. So so a couple things. Um,
0: we we talk a lot about. Um, like right now, we're, we're marketing our properties as, hey, you know, get away from the crowd. Get away from, you know, my, most of my properties are um, in like, nas- I, I like national park type areas. So, they're in the outdoors. They're That's just the types of properties I typically invest in. Um, you know, I do think it's tough to market a, an urban property right now. Most of my clients still really, most of our our group doesn't own urban properties, not because they don't make good sense, but because the regulations are so, they're so strict. And um, and so, but if, if I had an urban property and this lasted very long, this is a great time to take advantage of the, the absolute shortage of housing inventory, affordable housing in most of those markets. And I would probably consider more of like, a hey, month-to-month lease on longer term stuff. But on the marketing side, particularly, we really talk about, you know, getting away from it all and, um, you know, come and come and enjoy something. Don't sit on a Don't sit on a cruise ship and, you know, with everybody else that come, come enjoy our, you know, come enjoy the mountains, sit on the lake instead of, you know, maybe, maybe not uh, going to those big crowded areas because our properties aren't in very crowded areas. And, and it's funny because right now you, um, you, you guys haven't been around me long enough, but inside of our group, I talk a lot about the backyard resort locations to kind of recession proof our properties and not for any not for any reason that i was thinking about a, a virus outbreak but it it still makes a lot of sense for these when something like this happens because people are less likely to get on airplanes right now right your air, airplanes are you know and i always tell people when things go down not because they're afraid of getting sick, but when the economy goes down, those backyard resorts that you can drive to that are out of the way that but they can they can drive to from a major metropolitan area just to kind of get away and, and relax and they're affordable to do so, they do well during a recession. And I, I think more importantly than than ever right now that those types of those types of properties are seeming to do very well. Our properties knock on wood had any Um, any cancellations on our properties. And we're continuing to get bookings. As of yesterday, I just got more bookings. And, um, and so that's, uh, I think that that's kind of proving true that those backyard resorts that are, that are a little bit more remote, you know, that are, they're, they're going to be seeing a growing interest in travelers. And they do well during the good times, but they also, I think they're going to actually see a, a surge in the, while people are people are ultimately going to sit around things are going to stall for a month or two people are people may may not go next weekend to the property right and and i think that like i said the majority of people will overreact and then freeze and when they freeze once this once this shakes out and things things will have to get back to somewhat of a normal it may be a new normal but People are going to still travel. People are still going to get away. And I love those backyard resort areas because we can buy them. And it, it, not, it's not like going to Hawaii and buying a beachfront property for $2 million. We can buy, and it still can be beach, right? I've got clients in Florida that are still doing very well on some of their beachfront properties. And because they're, they don't rely on the big events or the big, um, you know, the, the big tourist areas. Some of my clients who own near Orlando they are seeing a little bit of a hiccup, right? makes sense because all the major resorts or the major attractions like Disney and, and, and otherwise are closed. They will see a little bit of a hiccup. But I do think that particularly this, this is a, where it's a virus um, pandemic. Viruses come and go. And, um, and it, it's, but it's going to make people think a little bit more as how they, I, it's going to change travel, how they travel, where they travel, all of those different things. And it's also going to have a lot of people who jumped into this game say, holy crap, I, I can't do this. You know, this is, this is too much for me and they panic and there's going to be some good
1: opportunities for good properties. Good. Thanks. I just had a great idea for a uh, vacation style bunker bomb shelter. Right. I'll, uh, consider
0: this. I actually, I actually looking at an article right now from Inman, and it says uh, coronavirus drives interest in survivalist real estate, and it's it's so true. Like it, um, a lot of those out of the out of the way areas, you've got a lot. Of, you got you know, it's funny. A lot of there's a lot of people with a lot of who are into prepping and survival. Um, I've been in real estate long uh, for, for, you know, longer than I care to admit, but for over 20 years, most of my um, time has been on the investment side and it's amazing how much money um, is in that game. And now this is going, I think that like it's saying, get ready if you are a real estate agent in a uh, remote location because those properties could start uh, becoming very, very popular. Anybody else have, have anything? I know there's only a few of us on here. Go ahead and jump in or interrupt. Um, ask anything. This is, this is really an open forum for you guys. Like I said, I didn't expect a lot of people to, to jump on here. Um, it's, it's funny actually. I, uh, I had uh, somebody shoot me an email and say, are you still going to close the charter membership, um, on Sunday and raise the prices and take the way of coaching. And I, it, I, I didn't, I kind of laughed internally. I, I responded very nicely, but the fact of the matter is now more than ever do we need to do that because what's really going away is my personal coaching and my personal and inside of what's going on as we start to as we start to really strategize and plan how to take advantage of this, um, it's going to be now more important than ever that I'm available to share some of our, some of the things that we went through. Uh, most people don't realize when I told you guys, I went through two different major downturns both for different reasons. And um, we built our company significantly. Every year, our company was doubling in revenue from 2008 to 2011. And while most people were sitting around and, and not knowing how to take advantage of that. And we really don't try to take advantage of the panic and the fear. A lot of, be, a lot of people, and you'll see a lot of marketers really trying to fuel the fire um that that's not what we try to do. We we really want to provide solutions for people both for on on the acquisition side take advantage and provide, provide a solution. There's going to be a lot of things I, I don't typically teach any subject to wrap around mortgage, creative financing stuff because it attracts the wrong people. It attracts the wrong clientele. It attracts those people that should probably not use those strategies because they're getting in over their heads. They're using them because they don't have the capital to get through a situation. Our client base is the exact opposite. And when you have some capital and you've got a little bit of, um, you know, you've got a plan to follow, you can take advantage of those situations hugely in a market where people are panicking and and really be able to get into properties with a lot less down, save some of that capital, get through some of the rough times. And, uh, and, and really be able to prosper. So those are some conversations that are happening and going. And, and again, I'm, I'm updating so many things. And so it's, it's really important for us to keep the group as you know, a little bit smaller at, this, you know, at these types of junctures.
2: Uh, so I've got a question. It's, it's kind of off topic of what we're talking about. But um, I've been talking to some lenders about just, you know I've been looking at some different investment options as far as long-term versus short-term. And, and I'm looking at uh, getting my own primary residence mortgage right now. And, um, you know, a big thing in any loan is a inca- debt to income ratio. Yeah. I know with the longer term rentals properties, um, you know, you can kind of, you have a, a pretty standard formula to look at, okay, this is how much this property is worth every month on rental income. And that's kind of how they figure out uh, some of those numbers. Uh, but where the short term rentals are more fluctuating, uh, cash flow every month. How does that number play? How do they figure that number when they're figuring out, uh, you know, the mortgage loan that they, that, that you qualify for uh, one of those properties with?
0: Yeah. You really have to look Garrett at those, at the, at the there's mortgage companies who specialize in vacation rentals. And for that reason uh, they will. So a traditional lender will give you a investment loan on a vacation rental. However, if it's not an established vacation rental with, um, with rent rolls for the last couple years then they won't they won't allow you any of that income if it's been established and you can show the last couple years p l and it shows that income they'll be you'll be able to use that now the portfolio lenders like host financial and some of these others they will lend on the property based on because they know how to run the numbers they run the numbers the same way we do Um, they know how to look at the seasonality they know how to look at the average nightly rates and figure it out they know how to look at the occupancy levels and they're going to go very on the average side but if if it qualifies on the average side it's going to be a good investment cuz you're going to know how to, to to maximize that asset into the into the top you know 75th percentile to 90th percentile properties in an area so it's very lender specific um, if it's a traditional bank they're going to only allow you to look at that income based on based on past performance if it's a portfolio lender like Host Financial, they know how to run the projections and they will lend it. They will lend based on, it's asset-based lending and they, they know how to run those numbers. And it's the same way, it's really the same way we do. They use the same tools we use, they use the same calculators. Um, you know, I, I actually am host, um, the, one of the co-founders of Host Financial, which is one of the larger portfolio lenders in the space that specialize in vacation rails. Um, we know him personally, he's, um, presented to our group and, uh, has helped people in there, but, but it's very lender specific and it, unless they specialize in vacation rentals, then you're going to be forced to look at past performance. If it's somebody that specializes in vacation rentals, they will have ways to run the income projections. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it is a lot harder to run income projections on vacation rentals, no question. Because, you know, long-term rental is pretty easy. You got, if you're getting $2,000 a night and, you know, times that by 12, or $2,000 a, uh, a month and you times it by 12, there's your income. Um, and if you're buying something that's established, you pretty much know what it is. And um, But on the vacation rental side, there's a lot more moving parts that you have to look at and consider. And uh, and that's why only a, only a handful of lenders will do it.
2: Mm-hmm. okay cool yeah um, and, and you were talking about capital earlier uh and obviously you you probably screened all of us to make sure that we have some capital going into this to, to make sure we're the right fit um what and obviously that's going to vary based on your the, the properties you're looking at and the areas you're looking at but what's you know for someone just starting out what's a good minimum number dollar amount to to kind of project that would be a good starting number to, uh, to bring into this to say, okay, I have, you know, 50,000 or a hundred thousand or 150,000. Um, what's, what's a good starting number to kind of get in the game with?
0: Yeah. Good question. And and it's really based on location and acquisition price. So, um, I usually do it off of a percentage of acquisition cost. And so I usually tell people you're obviously going to have your 20 to 25% down on your first one. You can do it for a little bit less, but plan on 20% down. Um, so, if you're, if, you've got, if you're buying a $300,000 property, you've got $60,000 for your down payment. Then, if it's a property that's not set up as a vacation rental and you have to furnish it, plan on about another 5% of the acquisition cost to furnish it. So, another $15,000. So, now you're at $75,000. Now, the next is what we talked about a little bit earlier is I tell people always plan on having six to eight months of reserves. To get that property set up and established before it's making any money, you're going to make money in the meantime. That's very conservative. You should you should be making some money before that, but it's going to be inconsistent income. And um, normally, I don't uh, you know I, I don't have I'm not planning on a virus disruption, but you we do have seasonality and occupancy the issues that we deal with on the on the short term side. So we don't have consistent income always through. Um, with our properties. And that's why I always tell people six to eight months. Well, that's, that's going to have um, hold some truth to what we're going through right now, which is why not, you know, my group is not stressed out because they've been told, here's what you want to have um, going into this and leading into this before. So you don't bite off more than you can chew. Right. And I mean, that's, that's the, really the, the reason for the, the question, right, Garrett is you, you want to make sure you don't bite off more than you can chew. And, and that's what, that's how I, you know, try to set the expectations for people so that they don't is you got 20% of the acquisition price, plan on about 5% for furnishings and setup, and then be able to make that payment. Some people have enough disposable income that they're like, I don't, it doesn't matter if I have that sitting around or not, but, but plan on a six to eight month window that you could make the payment if you had to without having any income. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's a pretty conservative approach to it, but it, it makes it so you don't have to hit the panic button if things are shut down for 30 days, right? If you get, if you get canceled for the next 30 days or 60 days or, you know, or 90 days for that matter.
2: Right. Okay. So there's really not, I mean, you don't have a base number. You can say in order to get started, you need X amount of dollars to even no, do you no. start it at all.
0: Yeah, it, no, I don't have a baseline number. I tell people because because honestly, you can invest. You know, there, every market is so different. I've got you can invest in markets where I've got a lady that buys property in Nebraska, you know, small schools, and it's. I mean, she she can buy a fourplex for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's unheard of around here, and mm-hmm. in a lot of markets. And there's other markets that you can't touch a property for less than you know you go to some of the class A markets, like in our backyard of Park City, you know, you can't touch Park City for less than a million and a half, two million. And so um, it really matters the market you're looking at and the average acquisition price you're looking at. And most people know that. Most people have an idea of where, they're, where they like to go and where they're thinking about and, and can kind of figure out based on those percentages. Because if you're buying a million dollar house, you need a lot more money than if you're buying 150 or $200,000 property. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think most people have an idea about that in their own heads. You know, we're, we're dangerously close to negative interest rates. I mean, I don't say dangerous is probably not the right choice of words, but I mean, we're, you, you, our cash flow situation on these properties, locking in the long term financing that's available right now, is crazy. One of our members just t- called me and said they got a 3.15 investment property loan. It's nuts I mean they're they just refied it out they were their cash flow over more than doubled just because of the refi situation that they were able to take advantage of
2: Wow that is nuts
0: yeah and, and so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are that are on our side um, going into this and being able to you know I I, I really don't I, I I wish everything just stayed good all the time but I've always made the majority of my money when things were not good. Honestly, that I, you know, when I was able to build my portfolio of rentals, um, my long-term rentals was during the dot-com burst. You know, I, I, that time everybody was panicking and I was able to get 27 rental properties within a two year period. And, and then, I mean, that, that's a big deal, right? Because nobody else wants them. And I flowed the whole time I had them. And then sold them for a significant um, appreciation in equity, you know, three or four years later when things started to rebound. The same is true. We built a a large uh, portion of our business in during the housing bubble when everybody was worried about it. And so um, not that I'm excited about this. I really don't think this little hiccups going to last long-term. I do think it's going to change people's mindset on things. And they might be looking at more remote locations. They might be thinking about some of the other things that are that are happening, uh, you know, or how they, how they choose to go into something. You know, there's a lot of people I talk to that say, you know, I'm just nervous about that next recession. So they don't pull the trigger. People staying out of the game is not the worst thing for us, right? If we're in the game, there's people need need properties to go stay at they're going to want to use and visit properties whether it's on the long term or short term we particularly like the short term and I and I still do Um, I think it's in specific a little bit maybe different markets I don't know that I would go buy a beach house in Hawaii right now Um, I think people are going to go right back to Hawaii the minute things stop but but I do like um, I've always felt like that that was um, you know when a recession does hit people are going to be you know, it's really an economical way to go spend, spend a weekend with your family in, uh, at a lake house in the woods and you can all, you know, two or three families can split a $300 a night property. That makes sense in a recession because it's really um, a great way for them to save money and we still make a lot of money doing that. Maybe less people are likely to spend $2,000 a night at a $2 million property, you know, on, on the beach. so i've i've uh i do think that that is, still makes a lot of sense and and like i said it's um just the fact that we had this hiccup might keep the inventory levels from skyrocketing most markets we look at you know like in you know properties island property in st george and you know over the last 2 years inventory of short term rentals has doubled which we still do we still do fine and things are still good because the the amount of people going down there is you know keeps or continues to grow but you know if if inventory levels start to slow down on the short-term side and people stop getting into the game and demand continues to rise like it has and and i believe will i mean think about the think about the work landscape that's changing you know what happens in 30 days when some of these companies realize that telecommuting isn't that big of a deal and that productivity didn't drop now all of a sudden you know, you've got a mobile workforce, you think they're all going to want to always sit in their basement and work? I mean, the, the, especially the younger generation, the millennials, they like that laptop lifestyle, right? If they have a job that allows them to telecommute, that just opens up a little bit more. um, That just opens up a little bit more for um, what we've got going on. You know, I mean, uh, there's that many more people that are going to be staying in the short term side of life because they can, they can do it while they're working. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that are going to change and how people think about things. And, uh, and I think that it's going to be an opportunity that we can all take advantage of if we're, if we're prepared and planned out for it. Anything else guys? I, uh, I, I, like I said, it's only, there's only a a few of us on there it's just kind of an open mic if you want to jump in with anything. Uh, Well, if no one else has any
2: questions, I have one, another kind of random question. But you, so you obviously have experience uh, with different types of investments Uh, in the group. Do you have members who come to you for advice on other types of investments or or long-term? So uh, the reason I'm asking is I'm I'm looking at different types of investments going forward. and I'd like to to talk to people who've done things. So what, one of the big appeals to me about the group and, and your time obviously is, uh, being able to come to you and say, hey, I'm, you know, I want a short-term rental. I've got one. Now I want to look at a long-term rental. Um, do you guys have those types of discussions in the group? Is that something that you do advise people on still, given your yeah, experience? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I've got, I bet um, inside the group, Garrett, we've probably got four or five full-time investors um, that do fix and flips as an investment. I've got some um, that are big into the apartment complex, multifamily listings, long-term rentals side of it and And obviously, everybody in the short term rental side as well, but there's a lot of discussion about how do you you know what's plan B do these properties make sense on the long term side of it how do, do they make sense to frankly set up and flip um, if you're if you're not considering on long term so there's a lot of discussions that go you know along different uh, avenues of real estate just just for the nature of what we do, right. We're in the, we're in the game and there's people that are, I've got full time investors in the game. It doesn't mean that, um, it doesn't mean that short term rentals are the end all be all by any stretch. It, it happens to be what the majority of us enjoy doing the most, but there's definite discussions. In fact, though, like I just told you that, um, one of our members has got a 20 unit hotel complex that she's looking at. And actually one, we're, we're talking about partnering with her on it. And, um, and it, we, we're looking at the numbers of how does it work as a multifamily unit? How does it work as a long-term rental? How does it look as a hotel situation? How does it look as condo situation? There's a lot of options and we look at all those different options. Absolutely. You try to okay. figure the best right. use of the property. Obviously, we are focused on the short-term side of life, but there's there's a lot of discussions that, that go beyond that. Well, cool, guys. Listen, I... Um, I hope that uh, I hope that all of you will get going with us. I'd love to help all of you. Um, I I know that I knew this would be a smaller group. Um, I knew that it was going to be um, only, I mean, I only invited a small group anyways and less people will actually take us up on it. And then that's okay. That's, we don't appeal to the masses. What we do doesn't appeal to the masses. Always remember though, guys, that, well, before, is everybody good? Just give me, an okay if you have anything else, or, and I'll wrap it up. If anybody has anything else, let me know. I don't want to wrap it up if you still do have stuff.
1: This is Michael, all good, man. Hey, can you give me a call uh, when you're done real quick?
0: Yes, I will. Sure. Yep, I got your email too, Michael. I'll call you as soon as we're done. I don't have anything else. Thanks for your time and for, for answering all the questions. Absolutely, Garrett. Appreciate you being here. Who's the, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can see that, and your mic might be off, but I've got a number, it's the two six seven three zero three two two seven four. I apologize, I can't hear um, anything that uh, you're saying, if you've got your mic off, it might be muted or something, your, your mic's open, but I just want to make sure I'm not, I don't recognize who, the number, but I don't want to leave anybody with questions that didn't get answered, yeah.
2: Yes, hi, Sean, it's, this is Ha Dorn.
0: Oh, hi, Ha, how are you?
2: I'm good, thanks.
0: Okay, sorry about that. I couldn't hear you, so I, I can see the I could see the mic like on the phone, like it looks like it's talking, but I couldn't. I wanted to make sure I didn't leave any questions unanswered for you.
2: No, I think I'm good. I just just real quick, when you talk about financing um, and some of these portfolio loans, I guess you're talking about non-conforming loans. I'm I'm just curious on what, what are the rates a lot of people are are getting. Um, most,
0: yeah, most of the portfolio loans are in the five and a half to six and a half range. Um, I do believe, um, I was talking to Daniel at Host Financial. They don't, they're not nearly as, they don't adjust nearly like regular traditional financing does. Like it, it's not adjusting on a daily basis. They typically adjust every couple of weeks. And so, I expect those to go down just because this last week, uh, about the last 10 days is really when rates really dropped significantly. And so, they haven't really had an adjustment yet. And so, they're usually about a point higher than traditional financing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing them in the fours, um, low for, low to mid fours is, is what I expect to see those rates adjust to. But they don't adjust, those portfolio lenders don't adjust them as quickly.
2: Right. They're a bit on a lag, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely on a lag. And so we'll see those. And, you know, I, I don't know how much further, the, I mean, obviously um, you, you guys probably know, but rates are, they, they, you know, when the yield drops, right? When the yields drop, the tre- treasury yields are going down. So do rates, rates follow it. The treasury yields are down at 0.5 to 0.6. I mean, they can't really drop any much further, right? And so I, I don't know, I don't know that we're going to get into the twos by any stretch. I just don't think the treasury yield's going to drop any. I mean, it, it's not going to go negative. I mean, That's crazy.
2: How long do you, do you advise investors to hold on to their loans?
0: That's a good question. Are you talking the loan or the property? The, the loan. So I like to, have, I like to get my, my cash invested out as soon as I can. So if I put $100,000 in, I try not to pay down that loan until I have my cash out. And and then after that, we use the money to pay down the loan. And usually you can get the loan paid down in depending on the property and how much the property is cash flowing in that eight to 10 year mark is, is pretty conservative. You can do it sooner than that. I have a property that we got our money out and had the loan paid off in five years. But th- what we typically do is we get our cash out, we get our down payment out, and then we start... Pay, using the profits to pay down the loan and that usually is going to be in that conservatively that 8 to 10 year mark typically by taking your profits and putting it toward the loan. Um, it, it's I, I, I uh, it's usually sooner than that but I always err on telling people a little longer than it, than it's going to be just so that they're not s- surprised, right? But um, So my strategy is always and that's not everybody's strategy. I have plenty of clients who We'll put 50% down on the property, and then they have their they use the profits and pay it off within two to three years. And they they just you know and because once it's paid off, ultimately that's what we all want, right? We want the loan paid off as soon as possible. Um, I like to get the the cash out so that because I'm in the I'm in the portfolio building stage. So um, at, as we're building these properties, I want that down payment for that next one so I can start establishing it and uh, that because it takes like any long-term investment, it takes some time for it to, to mature and start to really cash flow. And that cash flow begins to go up in the short-term side of it because of repeat guests and getting the property set up as a business and all that different stuff. And then ultimately your cash flow increases when the property is paid off. And then, then, it's, the, then it's the ultimate mailbox money asset, which is what we want to get to as soon as possible. That typically is in that eight to 10 year mark. Great, thank you. Does that help? Is that helpful to answer? It's, um, I, I know it's kind of a, that was a little vague, but it, cause it is a little different for everybody's situation, but that's what we typically do.
2: No, it makes sense.
0: Thanks. Awesome. Okay guys, I'm going to wrap it up. I really appreciate you all being here. Just, just always remember guys, in like great profits occur when things are turbulent market shift. It's not anything to, that I'm really too worried about. I do think it's probably going to rebound. Um, But we can take advantage of it. We're able to take advantage of it a little bit. I encourage you to have a specific plan to follow. Look for people and mentors that have actually been through a crisis or two. None of the crises I talked to you about, right, are the same. But someone's ability to not only get through, but to thrive through a crisis will tell you a lot about their resilience and the leadership that they can provide um, going through some hiccups. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there right now that are, you're going to see, I bet in our inboxes next week, we're going to see a lot of people trying to copywriters and, and trainers trying to put a spin on how to take advantage of this. There are opportunities to be had. Just make sure somebody that you're listening to actually has, you know, a realistic approach to how to take advantage of that. Um, go out, you know, go, you, you realize that we're we're going through this right alongside you. I don't know any more about the virus than any of you do. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. This is different than any of us have ever e- experienced. And so if anybody acts like they they have a crystal ball there, you probably ought to walk the other way. Just know that we're in it together. We need to support each other. We need to figure out what opportunities, what threats are out there, how we, how we handle it stay safe. You know, we, I want to, you know, I pray that the virus doesn't affect any of us and, you know, and, and all the things that's, that are going on right now in the world, maybe helps contain it a little bit. Lets the healthcare professionals get ahead of the game and uh, you know, and we can, we can put it to bed as sooner rather than later, but uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't affect us all um, beyond a couple self quarantine days and, and lack of toilet paper for a little while. And we can, we can use the time to kind of plan and prepare as we, as we move forward. So I appreciate you all being on here. Um, if you um, are interested, take advantage of the charter membership before the price goes up and the coaching goes away. Tomorrow you'll get a couple emails. I'll send them to you. Um, if you have any additional questions, don't hesitate to send me an email if you if you didn't if you thought of something that you didn't get answered on the call. Again, thanks for being here, and I appreciate um, all of you. And I hope to see inside the members area if it's if it seems like the right fit for you guys. So we'll we'll go ahead and wrap it up, and uh, go make it a great day and stay safe. Cheers.